today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Eric and Jamie here. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning to you, although we have two pretty serious stories on tap, so we should just jump right in because they're pretty complicated. I want to start with Jonathan Majors. Uh, This story has been developing since... There was a March 25th incident where he was arrested. And this guy is a on the precipice of real superstardom. I, I must say he was in Creed 3. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This came out of left field um, around 11 a.m. There was uh, an incident on March 25th where his lawyers are now saying Jonathan was the one who called 911 out of concern for the woman's mental health who he was with. Now, he was the one arrested, so this is a bit of a curveball. Uh, I want to read the statement, though. It says, the police arrived with the paramedics as a standard procedure and arrested Mr. Majors due to an NYPD protocol requiring arrest in certain circumstances. On that same day, only seven and nine hours later, the woman sent text messages to Mr. Majors admitting that she was the one who used physical force against him. She also disavowed any allegations that he had once done any that he had done anything to her and confirmed that Mr. Majors called 911 because of her mental condition. These are the messages uh, redacting her name for privacy. Here's where we are. Jonathan Majors is a very uh, sort of successful guy. He's got big, high-powered lawyers, and they're going to work to sort of get rid of this case as quickly as possible because it could really derail his career. Yeah, I think you. Uh, we need to also help out the audience. If you are not aware of this story at all, what happened was, what the story was before is Jonathan was arrested for uh, domestic violence, and the story was they got in a fight in it the was back. Assault, yeah. Uh, sorry, it's, uh, domestic assault. Uh, the story we were given uh, several days ago was there was a fight in the back of the cab. It had to do with a phone, him possibly texting other women. Uh, then uh, there was a laceration to the girlfriend uh, behind her ear, and she had red marks on her face. So that that is what originally we had been told. And as Derek just read of the new situation, it's completely different. Yeah. And look, he has now completely denied these allegations. Oftentimes you'll get an explanation of what caused this dispute. There was mutual combat. She hit me first. This is a, an outright denial. He is saying what what has been reported to have occurred didn't occur at all. And I'm actually the one who called for the assistance of the cops. This is a, a, a 180 from the way the story sort of initially was. Um, sort of presented in the media. And, you know, I don't want to sort of comment on the veracity of it, but this is um, also a story that could be consistent with her being abused and then sort of recanting as sort of uh, allegations of abuse. So I don't know. I mean, I'm in a little bit of a pickle here, sort of um, how to how to process this, because, of course, he's going to completely deny it. This could have the potential to really upend his career at, uh, at a critical moment. I understand what you're saying, that this is very common with domestic disputes, that the the woman then changes her story. But it, you can't change facts. You if, can't. if the story is that he called 911, that's hugely different. Yes. And that that's not a he said, she said. We go, we check the records, we see who called the police at 11 a.m. And if it is Jonathan Majors, then he, I don't want to say exonerated, but... It changes a, the narrative it changes quite a the bit. Narrative completely. That's right. Look, he could call the cops after also inflicting abuse. That could be part of this narrative. She did have injuries. I've never. Do you know? You know many stories where an abuser calls on themselves. No, uh, to be to be <laughs> quite honest, I don't. Yeah. Uh, but I I could imagine sort of a, a a confrontation that gets very heated, involves some physical violence, and then 
to sort of stop the physical violence, you call just to have the assistance of third parties. Uh, and then she presented some injuries, so they had to arrest him. I understand those protocols. And this could all go away. This could be a huge misunderstanding. But something went on in that cab. And what, what I'm still waiting on and what we were told exists is this video from yes. from inside. It's either an Uber or a taxi, some sort of shared ride. And you've seen these videos on TikTok, Instagram. People who drive Uber often record the interaction so that they, they can then have a sort of defense against you did something wrong. They, they want to have this sort of record. If this exists, I think it'll provide a huge amount of clarification because right now we just have his words. We haven't really heard directly from her. We've heard what he says he received from her. I'd like to maybe hear from her, although she has her own privacy rights and interests that she may not want to be public. Um, but the narrative is sort of being driven entirely by Jonathan Majors at this point. And I'm just saying that these cases deserve sort of a fulsome investigation. You want to hear from cops, you want to hear from the woman, and you want to hear from Jonathan Majors. And it's good that he is sort of like, you know, providing these details. But I just think it feels incomplete at this point. What do you think? Uh, I'm wondering. Uh, so clearly his attorney has seen the video from the back of the car because he, Sounds like it. The, they said something along the lines of we were very confident after viewing. What are we waiting for then? Why isn't the public seeing this? that's that's the thing that is very curious to me, because the text messages are obviously extremely helpful to Jonathan Majors. So they got them out as quickly as possible. Here we go. Uh, here's his full statement. Complete denial. Here's a text message of the woman admitting fault. The better piece of evidence, if you have it, is that video. And yet we haven't seen that. Now, maybe there's some clearance issues. Maybe the Uber driver is asking for an exorbitant sum of money. He knows it's helpful to Jonathan Majors or knows it hurts Jonathan Majors. I don't know. But if that video were great Jonathan for Jonathan Majors clearing his name, you'd think that he would do anything to grab hold of that and release it to the public because that could really change the complexion of this case. Often those videos are not just surveillance. They're audio. They're everything. So, so he was also he was charged with a lot of different things. Yeah. Strangulation. Yes. So if she is saying still like recanting, saying this didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. Does this have to go forward? Can this just go away? It, it can. So here's here's the way domestic violence cases usually work. We talk about uh, cases being dropped because the the uh, witness is not cooperative. What you need in cases where it's he said, she said often is to have a victim come in and describe the story of what happened to them. You don't need it. If there's enough sort of circumstantial evidence, if there's video uh, evidence, if there are enough sort of witnesses other than the victim, you don't need to have that witness cooperate. But it sure helps. It's really hard to prove a case where you have someone saying, I wasn't abused. What are the cops doing? It just makes the process very difficult to sort of carry through. But especially so if she she's saying back, that. It's going to be hard to bring the case. Well, she is. She has pulled back, according, according to them. According to Jonathan. According to them and these texts yeah. that we're looking at. But on top of the fact, if she really wasn't the person to call 911, so... He she doesn't have to be. But I'm saying that's such a different story of he called 911 about her mental health. Yes. And then somehow he got arrested in all of this. So I just feel like if she didn't reach out for help and she's now saying, well, I don't need help, then what are we doing? Sure. You know, but 911 calls are one piece of evidence. I believe the Murdaugh called 911, you know, and, and yeah. made this whole song and dance about finding his his wife and son dead. And he's been convicted of double homicide. So it is a piece. It's it's a piece in his favor, but it's not the entire story. Sure. And some people will call even when they've done things uh, that are illegal. So I think her pulling back is going to be a huge part of whether the case goes forward, regardless of how he's perceived in the public, 
I don't think there's going to be a case against him if she says if she recants all of the allegations. I don't think the prosecutor will go into court with a hostile witness where Jonathan Majors can put her on the stand saying, no, I wasn't hit. What do you do with that? How do you prove beyond a reasonable doubt uh, that that he's guilty of anything? And then more than that, I wonder how forgiving is Hollywood? That's the separate inquiry. So we have this legal overlay, whether he'll go to jail or spend some and time And I don't think so. Bar. If I had a crystal ball, I would say, no, it's going to go away. It's going to be fine. I'm more worried about what, what damage court? did happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, domestic violence is sticky. It's And it's a very sort of, um, it doesn't really matter the truth of the allegations in all cases. I guess, I guess it's just the allegation itself is out there now, and that is sort of casting a, a shadow over his career, right? Well, it is I mean, it's going to give people pause. Yeah, uh, you... It, almost like if this was two years in the future when he was more of a household name, more of America's sweetheart. Nowadays, you know, people are a dime a dozen. Let's let's recast. And I just I hope that doesn't happen for him, assuming that this is all false. You I know think that's I mean? right. Even I, I, I'm just so tired of of canceling everyone who really didn't do anything. And if he really didn't do anything, he's so talented. That everyone, would be unfortunate. Yeah, yes. If so, his career were obliterated by an allegation that has absolutely no basis in truth, it would be unfortunate because he's tremendous. Yeah. He's a very, very talented guy. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out, though, because you're right. H Hollywood doesn't really they, they care about whether the guy's marketable and whether he's sort of likable. And this you don't want to Google someone's name. And that's the first thing yes. that pops up when you're trying to have him entertaining your children. So yeah. he's still in a precarious situation. We'll see where it plays out. I think he's doing everything in his power. He's got the right lawyers, it seems, behind him. And the narrative is sort of getting shifted away from the initial report. But we'll see how much he's able to sort of turn the bus around. Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Let's turn our attention to an oldie but a goodie, or an oldie but a interestingie. Uh, we'll say. <laughs> Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez. So, take two. <laughs> take two on that. Um, this is the Meg Thee Stallion shooting case. He has been convicted in that case. But remember, after his conviction, he lawyered up with a big, big name, Jose Baez, who mm -hmm. is the guy who famously defended Casey Anthony, right? Yeah. And so he's a good lawyer. He gets people um, exonerated. Okay. Uh, regardless of your feelings, Side he's a good note, lawyer. Before we get going, yeah. obviously he's a very good lawyer because sure. look what he can do. But then doesn't it work also in the other direction that when you see somebody has hired Jose Baez, you're like, Oh boy, they got a bad case against yeah, him. Oh yeah, that guy, <laughs> that guy did it. Yeah. You start to feel like, Oh, oh this is dear. a real hail Mary. No, I, I completely agree. It's like when you lawyer up with the best of the best, you're sort of signaling that you've got the worst of the worst to yeah. deal with. Yes. Okay. And there's some bad facts for Tori. Absolutely. So, this appeal, um, he's asking for a new trial. And like all new trial motions, he's 
come in with the kitchen sink. What you do is you say, look, I've been convicted, but this trial was an absolute mess. There's all of these procedural errors, which hurt my ability to present my case in a fair manner, and I couldn't get a fair shake in front of the jury. So so what they're really zeroing in on here in, 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 this, in this argument is that there's a picture that was shown of Tory Lane shirtless, and he has a tattoo of an AK-47 on his chest. Now, Tory says... Using this is trying to inflame the jury against him. Basically, it's trying to present him as a guy who loves guns in a shooting case. And that's unfair. There's lots of pictures of me wearing shirts. If you just want to identify me as a person, you don't have to use the one of me shirtless wait, with the gun tattoo. Wait, first of all, I don't think they everybody was in a swimsuit when this happened, by the way. So yes. I don't think not having a shirt on is that crazy. Meg was in a bikini. Uh, secondly, sir... You got a gun tattooed on your chest. That it was your decision. You loved something so much. You got it tattooed on your chest. That's okay. That's why they wanted to present it to the jury because of that feeling exactly. But that's not fair to Tory Lanez. The reason that's not fair to Tory Lanez is I could have a gun tattoo. It has no bearing on whether or not I'm guilty of shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot on a given date. I guess. It and just it's, represents your grandma. It made you think of your grandma, this so you got is, a gun tattooed? This is what we call character evidence. You can't have that. You, We try to convict people of the American justice system based on bad acts, not bad people. I get it. We're and acting, you're trying to paint him as a bad no, person who gets I'm gun tattoos. No, I'm not saying he's a bad Tory person. We're acting like we used a photo of him from a Halloween costume in 2003. Sir, you went to the tattoo parlor, went through the book... And chose the gun. I'm not saying. Listen, uh, I, I love your perspective because you. <laughs> you're like you're like what what he is arguing shouldn't have happened because people feel a certain way about gun tattoos. I don't feel a certain a way, but case. he's I don't feel a certain way, but he's acting like man, I got set up, and I'm uh, like, sir, no, sir. no, no, he's not saying it's unfair. Like the prosecutors drew in a gun tattoo. That's what I'm he's acting not like. saying that. He's just saying you can't just dirty me up. He's also saying they threatened to. Um, put up his rap lyrics, you know, while, while he was deciding whether or not he was going to testify in his own defense. And he says, the prosecutor said, look, if you get up on that stand, I'm going to bring up your rap songs about guns. I'm going to bring up your tattoo. You're going to open the door to me sort of dirtying you up okay, in the eyes of the jury with nothing to do with whether I shot. These are the time I need you to, to lawyer me. Uh, but w are you not allowed to show parts of your character? Very, very limited ability to show parts of people's character. If I character. have a history of writing poetry about guns and then something like that's not relevant to the case no because not in, in, in not in american criminal justice because so in some cases there's a small exception where we remember the um, bill cosby cases you can set up someone's mo like if their modus operandi is always to put uh, a mickey in a girl's drink and then uh you know sort of sexually assault her and does that many, many times over, you can bring up past instances of the person putting a Mickey in someone's drink to prove a current instance. Okay. That's called an MO. So if he had shot somebody else, I could say, If he had remember. a pattern of shooting at parties, you could bring that up. But you can't just bring up um, things that will make the jury think, oh, this guy just loves guns, so therefore he shot her on this instance. You can't do that. And that's what Jose Baez is arguing forcefully because the temptation of the prosecution is to do exactly what you did. Because look at the effect it had on you. It's like, oh, Tori, what are you complaining about? You obviously love guns. It made you think differently about Tory rather than focusing on the evidence of whether he shot Tory or whether he shot Megan the Stallion that night. Well, let's keep in mind I'm yeah. not just going off of a tattoo. 
I'm going off of. There's a lot of evidence. I'm going off of a call from jail to which he said, I'm really sorry I did that. Yes. Yes. So that first tainted my brain. Yeah. No, listen, he's got a mountain of evidence and his and the whole point of Jose Baez's motion is to poke little holes so that the whole edifice starts to crumble because they're saying if the prosecutors needed to show this shirtless photo, then what else have they lied? What else? What else have they sort of gilded the lily and sort of tried to build up the case of Tory as a bad person because they have a weak case of Tory performing this bad so act. what is the goal then of jose to to get him a new trial and then what would the the, the other one would be a mistrial it'd be done it it'd be vacated be, they would they so would take that conviction new... throw it out and they'd bring everyone back to court now when you get a new trial sometimes the prosecutor says i don't want to go through this again yeah. i'm not going to bring charges my case is too weak he's hoping that you get ordered a new trial and then the prosecutor says i don't have the goods Tories off the hook. But the prosecutor will have the option to say, all right, let's run it back. We'll do it without the shirtless photo and, and we'll convict you again. And there's no chance that they can say there's no option three of like not only a new trial, this stands, you're still guilty. Well, the judge can look at this this brief and say, no dice, conviction stands. This isn't good enough for me to overturn yeah. that result. That's the likely outcome, by okay. the way. So these are these are Hail Marys. These are very hard to win. Jose Baez is a great lawyer, but most of these fail. Most of these efforts to overturn a conviction fail because all these middling sort of minor problems in a trial are very common. It's 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 a number of days. There are little errors that don't amount to a problem with the overall process. So it's unlikely that he could win. This is a decent argument. He's got others. He says, um, you know, sort of remember that whole Kelsey 80-minute uh, interview with cops where she sort of described Tory Lane yeah. shooting. He's saying you playing that in front of the jury is really problematic because Kelsey recanted a lot of those statements. So now all you've played is her old interview when it first happened, and they don't get to hear her saying, no, that's not how I believe it happened now. So he's saying you sort of stack the deck. Kelsey actually would have been my witness, Tori thinks. Tori thinks that Kelsey was going to defend him. She gets up there, she pleads the fifth, and she's all hostile. You remember those moments? Yeah. And so they say, hey, we got a hostile witness. We need to hear from her. Can we play this interview? And they play this old interview, and he's saying... That old interview, a lot of it is not true, and Kelsey said it's not true. But Kelsey didn't say that in court. She could have, uh, and she didn't. This is the problem. Okay. This is the problem Tory has, but he's just playing—this is the problem Jose Baez has. You can only play the deck you're sort of handed, the, the hand you're, you're dealt. Um, so he has to take the facts as they are, and he's trying to say, playing this thing without her recanting— is prejudicial. It's it's basically telling a story that is no longer fully true. So Megan, if this if this goes through, Megan is going to have to go back to court and relive this and do this all over again. Potentially. If he wins this motion and the prosecutors decide to try him again, there will be another trial. If you were to guess, will he? Not a chance. Okay. I, I don't think so. I think the conviction <laughs> will stand. I think he, look, I think Jose Baez is very, very talented. This is a hard, hard motion to win, and I, I don't see it happening, but stranger things have happened. And do you think Tori's at laser away today? Just getting it. If he has the time before the next trial, he's like, Dr. Tadoff, could you just yeah, this out? Uh, buddy got a group on. Yeah, can yeah. we make this into a little bear, like a cute little stuffed <laughs> animal? All right, that'll do it for us today. We'll see you guys next time.